0: Good morning. morning. I thought we would start with uh, simply reading God's word. If if you would just listen to these words of Jesus, and then I'll give you the location for this passage in just a few moments. But hear the words of Jesus as it's found in Luke chapter nine. He says this: The Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man He gains the whole world and he loses or forfeits himself. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the glory of his holy angels. Let's pray once more. God, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, it is, it, is, it is Christ that we want to be preaching this morning. It is Jesus, it is you alone that we want to worship. That we want to hear from, that we want to follow. Lord, true life comes through you and you alone. Eternal life, forgiveness, hope redemption, restoration, salvation. There is no other name by which we are saved. So God, I pray that as we look at this passage this morning, God, that you would give grace, that you would give understanding, you would open up the eyes of our hearts, God. Help us to be obedient to your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, if you haven't uh, figured out by now, we're going to take a, a little detour, a little side uh, journey from the book of Hebrews. Uh, it's been such a great journey uh, as Pastor Josh has led us over the last several months. And uh, I imagine we'll pick back up uh, with, uh, in, in our study of Hebrews uh, this coming Sunday or maybe the Sunday after that. But this morning, uh, I'm going to be preaching, sharing with you from God's word, from Luke chapter 9. So if you haven't turned there already, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. That is where we will be uh, for the duration of our time. And and here's what we're looking at this morning. We're we're looking at uh, characteristics of a disciple of Christ. If we were to outline uh, what a true follower of Jesus looks like, and, and hopefully we find throughout this passage that we're describing ourselves. There may be some here this morning that you've, you find that, man, it's, this, this doesn't describe me at all. Or you might find yourself somewhere in the middle of that where you go, I, I, I find myself, uh, these characteristics, some days or some moments or seasons. And then, you know, we kind of, you know, there's ups and downs and that might be you. In fact, that's, that's probably most of us in this room. Whereas we struggle through life and as we fight for holiness, as we fight to keep our eyes on Christ, as we, as we, as we fight for for righteousness and, and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, and the world presses in and circumstances press in, that we find ourselves in the middle of a battle. But as we've sung this morning, and as we sing every week, God has won the battle, right? The victory's His. The victory belongs to him. He secured our victory at Calvary. We sang about the blood this morning. And and here we find in this passage this morning that Jesus has in view the cross. When When he says these words in Luke 9, picking up in verse 22, he has in view the cross. It is quickly approaching. Luke 9, verse 22 says again, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed on the third day and be raised. That's what he's facing. He's facing the cross. He's facing crucifixion of a horrible design. And he's, and he's sharing with his disciples and he's, and he's teaching them and he's performing miracles. Luke, this gospel writer, is, is, is now recording this several decades later. And, and he has this, this purpose of, of presenting Jesus as the Savior of all mankind. So Luke, as a gospel writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is recording this. And he's recorded this from interviews and eyewitness accounts, divine inspiration. And, and here we have this word for us today to look at and go, man, what does it really mean to follow after Christ? Is it, is it something much more than what thought? Is, have we thought? We, have, we have we misplaced our focus or have we become distracted? Maybe at once we embrace Christ and we were all in, but then again, the circumstances of life or the trials of life has knocked the edges off of our passion and our zeal for the glory of God, for the gospel. Well, as Luke records this, a little bit of context for the passage here. Uh, Jesus, as I mentioned already, has been teaching He's been discipling, he's, he's gathered his, his disciples and then, and then there's other, others that are following him and, and then there's, there's larger crowds that are following him. The immediate context of this, this is right on the heels of where he had fed the 5,000. Incredible miracle. And so Jesus is performing incredible miracles, preaching the gospel, raising the dead, casting out demons. I mean, can you imagine could you imagine someone comes on the scene and is raising dead people? I mean, the talk? Hey, did you hear about Jesus? Did you hear what happened? Did you hear what happened in Cana? Hey, did you hear what happened in Samaria? Hey, what, what about Jerusalem? Did you hear the way that he spoke? Man, when he spoke, there was, was something inside of us. He teaches as no one other has taught. So naturally, crowds would gather And and some would follow for the wrong reasons. Some of many of the crowd would follow because they want to see what the next big miracle is going to be. What's the next big act? And of course it wasn't an act. It was was Jesus saying, the Savior is here. The Messiah, the promised one, the one that the Old Testament had spoke of, I am he. I am the one. I I am the one that you've been waiting for that will save my people from their sins the Savior of the world. And so he's he's performing miracles. Crowds are gathering. He turns to his disciples. He he tells them, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen to me. And then I believe we find this sort of outline of these characteristics of what a true disciple of Christ looks looks like. And so we're asking this question, what does a true follower of Jesus look like? And I'm going to give you four characteristics of what that looks like. So let's look at this passage once more, picking up in verse 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We're going to pause right there because uh, most of our uh, information about these characteristics, if not the entirety of these characteristics, I believe we find right here in this one verse. Luke 9:23, 23, uh, recorded in other uh, Gospels. I-, I like Luke's account of how he recorded this conversation with Jesus. There's some details here that Luke includes by the inspiration of, of, of the Holy Spirit, For a particular purpose, there's there's things that he includes here that I believe we need to see this morning. So let me give you this first characteristic of a follower of Christ. It is a desire. It is a desire. And and how do we see that? Well, look back. We're going to probably read through verse 23 a number of times this morning. Look at what he says. If anyone would come after me. Some of your other translations might say or do say, whoever wishes to come after me. Whoever desires to come after me. Whoever would come after me. This first characteristic is that we have a desire to follow Christ. And so as we go through this, I, I, my hope and my prayer is always that there is application throughout this passage, throughout any passage we go through. What I mean by application is where we take it and we go, what does this look like in my life? Here's what this means, right? That's interpretation. What is this What is This mean, because that doesn't change, but then how does that apply to my life? Now, that's going to depend on circumstances. In fact, the application will change over the course of our lives. What this means, the interpretation does not change. The application changes as we go through our lives, as God applies his truth to the individual circumstances of our lives. So the application for us this morning would, would be, man, do I have a desire to follow Christ. Now, here's something about that. This is a work. Now, there's, this, is, this is a two-sided coin to this, this desiring to follow Jesus. First of all, it's initiated by God. So God puts that desire in us. Now, see, this is good news, right? This is good news because it takes the pressure off of us. And if we find ourselves going, man, I do want to follow Christ. Or if there's ever been a point in your life where that that marked the beginning of your faith journey where you said, I've decided to follow Jesus. Guess what? We didn't wake up one morning and go, you know what? I'm going to follow Christ today. Here's what I mean by that. Because we want to follow him, that is a supernatural work. That doesn't come from our flesh. I don't want to submit to a, my flesh doesn't want to submit to a a Lord and Savior. My flesh, apart from Christ, wants what I want. Our flesh is wicked and it is in dire need of redemption. It is in dire need of, we're in dire need of forgiveness and in dire need of a work of the Holy Spirit that wakes us up and says, there's no hope apart from me. Where Christ speaks into our hearts and wakes us up, where we come to our senses and we go, oh, what am I doing? I can't live this way. I can't live apart from Christ anymore. It's hopeless. I see, I remember what it was like. Many of you, hopefully, most of you, hopefully, you can remember what it was like before Christ, before He changed your heart. My life was was dark without Jesus. My life was hopeless and without peace and without joy. I, I, I lived for me. And it was a miserable existence. And apart from the grace of God, I would still be on that path. I would still be headed for hell because that's, that's what we deserve. We don't like to hear that. That's the bad news. The good news, Jesus. The good news, he paid it all. The good news, there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, right? We're saying about the blood, the sacrifice of Jesus. And that's what he's talking about here. And he says, hey, here's, if you desire to come after me, Here's what that must look like. So I mentioned that this is a work that's initiated by God. It's started by God. Uh, The scripture says, I believe it's it's, uh, Philippians 2.13, that it says, For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It's God at work in you. That's what I mean. That's what the scripture means. That's That's what we mean by saying that this is initiated by God. That he's the one that works in our hearts to do his will, but he also gives us the ability to do his will. It's God who is at work in you. That's good news. But it's also, here's the other side of that coin. It's a work that we submit to. See, we have a responsibility. We can't just say, well, God is going to do it all and I just don't do anything. No, we, we respond. What is our response? Our response is surrender. Our response is Confession. Our response is, yes, Lord, I need you. Yes, God, I am, I'm, I'm a sinner. Yes, God, I need your forgiveness. God, I need for you to, to come into my life, to be the Lord of my life, to be the boss of my life. And that's repentance, where we're going in this direction. We're doing our thing. We're following us. We're following the pattern of this world. God brings us to our senses, wakes us up, and we go, oh my goodness, what am I doing? I'm wrong. We adjust our lives to him. We turn to Jesus. It's a change of, uh, I've heard it described this way, it's a change of allegiance. Where once our allegiance was to this world, our allegiance was to ourself. And now as believers, as followers of, of Christ, our allegiance is to the Lord. It's to Jesus. He's the one that died for us. He's the one that paid the ultimate price. Well, let's move on to uh, this second characteristic. And it's a denial of self. So the first characteristic is that we have a desire to follow Christ. The second characteristic of someone uh, who desires to follow Jesus is a denial of self. Look at it here in the text. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Is that us? Is that a characteristic of our lives? And, and I'm not saying that we're, we're perfect and this is, I mean, we're just nailing it 100% of the time. just. But as a general course of our life, that might be the better question. Are we moving towards Christ's likeness Are we moving as a, gen- we may have a season where we, we, we're struggling. We may have a season where we lose focus. We may have a season where you know, I'm just struggling to even sense his, his presence. God, where are you? We have questions. We have, we but as a general course of our life, is it characterized by a desire to follow Jesus? And is it characterized by a denial of self? Where else do we see this in Scripture? We, we see it throughout Scripture. 2 Timothy 2, 12 and 13 says, If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. I like to think of it this way, that we either, it's either we deny Jesus as Lord of our lives. So we either reject him and deny him as the Lord of our lives, or we deny ourselves as being the ruler of our lives. See, we'll be ruled by something. So we'll serve something. We'll find something to worship. God made us to worship. That's that's part of the design. The design flaw is sin. Sin. But in our core being and being created in the image of God, he created us to have a relationship with him. He created us to worship and we will worship something, whether that's ourselves, whether that's another person, whether that's food or shopping, whatever. We're constantly trying to fill that hole in our lives that can only be filled with God. We'll either deny Jesus as Lord of our lives or we'll deny ourselves from being the ruler of our lives. Are our lives characterized by denying ourselves? Well, let's move on uh, as we kind of journey through this together. The third characteristic is death. Right? Who wants to talk about death? Who wants to talk about dying? And Jesus, yet he describes characteristics. He describes, here's what it means to follow me, Jesus is saying. You see... It's, it's almost... Uh, so he's gathering people to himself from out of every tongue and out of every tribe. Jesus even said, I will build my church. Jesus gave uh, us this commission to go and make disciples. The gospel message is going out, it's going out, it's going out. He's gathering in, he's gathering in. But this message here that doesn't to our to our natural man and to the world oh you mean that's following Jesus I have to deny myself I have to die Where, where do we where do you see that how can you say that there's a characteristic of death how is that a characteristic of a disciple of Christ well it's it's right here look at it again Jesus says if anyone desires to come after me or wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his, what? Cross. Cross. The implement of torture and death, the symbol, like, here's the symbol on everyone's mind when he says this word, and, and you've heard it, you've heard us describe, you've heard Josh describe, it wasn't this golden emblem nice and shiny around our neck or in some earrings or on a wall. Uh, they're picturing what Rome does to criminals on the side of the road for all to be, to all to see displayed in all of its grossness and horror, death, crucifixion on a bloody cross. That's what Jesus is headed, headed for. And he says, if you want to follow me, You have to take up your cross also. What does that mean? What does that look like? I think we get a little bit of a clue as to uh, uh, what that might mean, part of it. Here's where Luke adds a detail. uh, Again, for, for a purpose here in the words of Jesus, as it's recorded here, he says, he must take up his cross how often? Daily, daily. This third characteristic is of death, and it's daily. See, following Jesus isn't a Sunday thing. It's it's not it's not even a it's 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 not a do this and don't do that thing. It's not a list of rules. It's it's not membership. It's not even that I was baptized. Now, all those are good things. But that, that does not equal salvation. That does not equal a relationship with Jesus. And that's, that's, that's when he says, take up your cross daily. Paul said it this way. He said, I die daily. He says, I am. Here's what, here's what Paul writes a little bit later on in the New Testament. He says, I am crucified with Christ. In fact, the baptism picture is such a beautiful picture of that dying to self, of the death, burial, and resurrection, that we are now in those baptismal waters. And and man, over the last few weeks, man, those waters have been rolling with baptisms of those that have said, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've put my faith in him. Here's what's happened in an inward change. And now here's an outward expression of that change. Here's an outward expression and proclamation of what God has done in my heart. Jesus has saved me. Jesus has forgiven me. I'm identifying with his death. I'm identifying with his burial. I'm identifying with his resurrection. You see the picture? It's a beautiful picture. Gathering together here right now is is a good thing. It doesn't equal salvation. Now, there's some takeaways from the fact that we would want to be here with God's people. That's a good thing. I know for me, before God changed my heart, before I met Christ, before he saved me, brought me to my senses, whatever language we want to use, I didn't want to have anything to do with Christians. I didn't want to be around them. You couldn't get me to church. Now, I grew up in church. I, I grew up Christian home, Christian school, prayed a prayer, and was baptized very young age. But as I got older, what was in my heart really came out. What was in my heart was rebellion, wanting to live my life. I ran, I ran, I ran. I was that prodigal that went off to a far country and lived, lived a wasteful life. Lost. People would try to witness... Family was praying for me. I had a praying grandmother, praying parents, and then one day came to my senses. One day, God woke me up. One day, it was like, "What in the world? How did I get here?" I know the truth, and my life is far from it. God, I'm so sorry. God, I want to follow you. I got it. Here's my life. I surrender, and 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 that started a journey. But it started with Christ. It started with with in in my response to Him. It it started with, God, I I I don't want this life anymore. I want you. But that wasn't just a moment frozen in time, and now I'm just done and 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 maybe just go do some church stuff. No, he he changes our hearts. I went from a person, one of the things that he changed in my life was I went from someone that didn't want to be around Christians, didn't want, you couldn't get me in a church, to you couldn't keep me away. I was still that long-haired hippie guy, I know, might be shocking, what? <laughs> that showed up for choir, Bible study, prayer meeting, let's put some sod out in the yard, let's, let's clean, let's... I'm here. Not because of, oh, I got to do this. Man, I, I wanted to be with God's people. I, 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 he changed my desire for the word. It went from just a book that was on the shelf. It was still there among a lot of other books of ungodliness. It went from that to, man, I couldn't get enough of his word. I mean, I, would, I just, hours, I just couldn't get enough of his word. God did that. I didn't just decide I'm going to start doing this. God did that. A death to our old self has to take place. And that death continues daily. 24-7. We wake up in the morning. We die to ourself. in our relationships in our marriages, in our family relations, in our neighborhoods, in the things that we desire, we die to ourselves. Some days, by the grace of God, believer, we get it right. By His grace, His grace alone. Other days, we fail, I fail. There's moments and days, and there's times where I don't die to myself. I'll choose me. And God convicts me. God shows me I'm wrong. What are you doing? And it's so gracious, but it's conviction. It doesn't feel great, but I know He loves me because He brings correction. I go, God, I'm sorry. I go to the person I offended, whether that's my wife or my children or one of you. I'm sorry I said this, I'm sorry I thought this. Been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Characteristics of a follower of Christ, desire to follow him, denial of self, dying daily. The fourth characteristic is direction. Where do we see that? Let's look back at the text once more. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Hopefully we're following after Jesus this morning. He he sets the direction for our lives. Hopefully we are looking to him, the author and perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Hopefully this morning we are are fixing our eyes on Jesus. And if this morning we found that we're not, then we 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 course correct, we adjust, we confess. It's the big reset of confession. The big reset button. It's not complicated. It's confession. It's God, I I messed up. Forgive me. And guess what? He forgives. He cleanses. (laughs) Isn't it great? How could he do that? Because of the cross. It's where we see love and mercy meet. It's where we see his holiness and his righteous requirement, his justice and his love meet right there at the cross. I hope this morning that these characteristics are found in us, found in God's people. They they will be found in God's people. If I could be so bold as to say that, and I believe that I can, I believe that those characteristics will be found in God's people. Again, not that we are perfect, but if we look at our lives and we can't find them at all, now that's a problem. If you can't find them at all, that's a problem. I can't answer that for you. I can't answer how the details of this would would shake out in your life, in the circumstances of your life. That's, That's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm thankful for this word. I'm thankful for how his word corrects us, comforts us, guides us, instructs us. His word is good. His grace is good. His love is good. So I don't know how you would respond to Uh, what he is saying to you, what the Holy Spirit would be prompting in your heart. Uh, But this morning I pray that as he does bring conviction, as he does bring prompting, you would respond to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask our instrumentalists to come on um, up and begin our time of response. As As we continue into a, a time of response, and, and I, I like to put it this way. You know, whenever, we, whenever we come to God's Word, to message the truth of God's Word, there's always a response that's called for. Meaning whether, you know, that's, whether that's just in our hearts or whether that's something where we adjust, wh- whatever that looks like, I, I, don't, I can't, again, a- answer that for you. I just know that his word calls for a response. So as we pray, as Corey leads us in a time of response, you respond to the Lord as he leads. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this word. God, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, help us to respond to you in a way that honors you as we surrender our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray.